0: How many of us have gotten to the point in life where we realize that God knows just so much more than we do? He's way smarter than we are. He knows the future, things that we could never see. In fact, isn't it true that so many people end up doing things in life that they never would have expected, never would have planned, and yet somehow in the midst of all of that, God manages to take all the things that we did, the experiences leading up to it, and just put it all together and make us who we are today. That's going to be the subject of what we're going to talk about, a life that Never would have been planned by us, but was planned by God the whole time. That's the subject of today's episode of the Audacious Faith Podcast. If there's one thing we've learned in life is that God seems to have an incredible sense of humor. How many people go to college, schooling, specialized training, you name it, and then hardly use what they prepared for at all, and yet he takes those skills, puts them in a totally different area, and they are extremely effective. Almost makes us think that possibly he knew all along what he was doing. In fact, we know that to be true. My guest today is a perfect example of that. Someone who's doing great things, making a huge impact, extremely talented, and definitely one of the most unique people that I know, and you're going to see why as we go through the interview. So I'm so happy to have her with me, and that's Miss Francine Morales. Good to have you, Francine.
1: Great to be here.
0: So we're going to go ahead and and just kind of, I know a lot of people that are watching this probably already know you, but um we're gonna you know have people get to know you a little bit better so why don't we start off with what I do with most people give us a little bit of your like background story of faith maybe how you got to you know be to the point of what you're doing today all those type of things
1: um I grew up uh, going to a Christian school a private school mm-hmm. um private school my entire life like I'm talking like from when I was born Mm -hmm. uh up into like even college so uh it wasn't until second grade uh like I had heard the gospel and I was like okay I like it makes sense I know it uh and then in third grade my teacher Mrs. Laramie uh, was talking about Peter walking on water and having faith and stepping out in faith and uh and finally trusting Christ uh, and asked if there was anybody who hadn't made that decision to meet her in the side room uh, during recess. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm ready. And it was more like a business transaction. It was like I had known it. I knew it. Uh, and so I was very like, it was very definite. Like, yes, I know that I've sinned. I know that I, I need God. Um, and mm-hmm. so in October of 1987, like, I was seven years old, eight years old, and I uh, placed my faith and trust in Christ, and then that's when, like, my world totally got shook upside down. I started having terrible nightmares, Mm, Um, and it was crazy scary, and then two days later, my parents sat us down and told us they were filing for divorce, and then I was just like, this is all, like, I had associated it with my faith uh, and becoming a Christian, and not knowing it had, you know, there was previous history. Uh, and so just continued in a Christian school. Uh, it wasn't until, never went to church, like occasionally went to church mm-hmm. here and there. Uh, but it wasn't until junior high that I actually started consistently going to church with a friend's family. Yeah. And I would spend the night at her house Saturday night, go to church with him on Sunday. And that's, in junior high is where I became like super grounded in my faith. My -hmm. youth pastor wouldn't give me answers. He'd be like, what does the Bible say? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, read it. And I was like, where do I start? And he's like, start in Romans. And so I would Mm -hmm. read Romans. And then I'd be like, I didn't find the answer there. And he'd be like, try Luke. And then I'd read all of Luke. And I was like, it's still not there. And he's like, try Job. And I'd read all of Job. And I just kept like reading because I wanted answers. Right. So... And it just really grounded my faith all through like my eighth, like seventh, eighth, ninth grade year, just like solidified what I believed and mm-hmm. and knew. and then uh, I went to a Catholic high school where I had opportunities to share my faith, and then I went on to a p u for three years and like was getting a degree in biology, and I was like, "That's not what I want to do, uh but it's easy. That's what uh-huh. my dad wanted me to do uh and then I ended up. Uh, just not doing anything, and then did community college for three years to figure out what I wanted to do, and then finished up at Cal State San Bernardino with a degree in biochemistry.
0: God, okay, so that's a, a different journey than most people take. So you're at APU, then you end up at a community college, and you end up in, you said San Bernardino, Kelsey, right? yeah. Okay, and, and just... Almost like a professional student there. Oh, I love for a little school. While, right? yes. Okay, you're one of the few that I know. Love it. That are like that, right? Okay. So so you just mentioned that you end up in an area of biochemistry. Yeah. All right, and then uh, if I'm correct, also organic chemistry. Is yes, that
1: right? I really excelled in sciences. Okay, so.
0: now when you're saying Excel, you're not just being modest there, you're you're actually you actually mean Excel. I mean to a very high level to which most people would not realize. How high a level of excelling are you talking about here?
1: Uh, in the year I took organic chemistry in college, I was number one in the state of California mm-hmm. uh, amongst, like all the t- professors nominated their students, and then I received the top nomination by the American Chemical Society Division of Polymer Education for Organic Chemistry uh, for the number one student in the state of California. Okay. And then the following few months, uh, we were tested, like, in lab, and we were tested on various components. I met with the board and stuff, mm-hmm. and I didn't know any of this. Like, I had no idea that this was all for an award. Okay, uh, I had to take a national test, and it was our final. Mm-hmm. And I kept arguing with my professor, like, I'm guaranteed an A in this class. Like, there's no point in me wasting my time so, studying for this so he, final. So he didn't tell you why like, you're taking it. Like, no. And okay. I was like, I there's no point. There's right. zero point in me taking this, like, studying for this because I'm guaranteed an A in this class. Like, there's no point. Uh-huh. And he's like, you really need to study for this test. And I was like, I got biochem I got to study for. I got biology. Uh-huh. I got calculus three. Like, who has time to study for a test they're guaranteed an A in. Right. I was like, move my other finals and I'll study for this. Final. And he went and met with all the other professors that I uh-huh. had finals on and had them move it so that I could study. And I took all those finals a week later so I could study for this test. And I had no idea mm. that it was this big test. But what this test was, it was a national, it was to n- nationally rank me with all students in all universities uh-huh. across the entire nation. Okay. And so I like to say that I was number... Four in the nation, I say now I 'm number one on this side of the Mississippi because I was beat out by
0: people from go. MIT
1: and like Ivy League schools
0: so number four in the whole nation did he tell you later maybe the re- why did he not tell you was there a particular reason he didn't tell you why you needed to study for that test
1: um he didn't even tell me until I was like I didn't know any of it until I was receiving the award from the university like at the university level like until oh, wow. I was walking in. I was definitely not dressed appropriately to receive it. Like, it was because, like, I would have stressed myself out over it. Like, Mm -hmm. I do well when not under pressure. Okay. I do, because I always give my best. And I just remember, like, always doing my best and, like, studying. And people would be like, but you know this, Francine? And I'm like, yeah, but is it my best? Like, God asked me for my best. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but you don't have to study. And I was like, I don't have to, but is it my best? And so, everything Mm -hmm. I did was always to give my best. Okay. And... He just knew that if he would have told me, I would have like
0: so he knew his student <laughs> pretty well okay so so here's the thing so you're number four in the entire nation, number one on this side of the Mississippi, as you mentioned um, i don't know I don't know many people that in any field could make that claim that distinction so how, how does does, how does that play in your head to know that you're that good at something?
1: I, it was, it was more important to like my family, like, mm-hmm. than it was to me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, cool. Like I, it was organic chemistry. It wasn't like I was like, cool. Like, Right. It was just the science. Like my, I was going, because I wanted to go in biomedical technology, mm-hmm. uh, which is my ultimate goal. So mm-hmm. it was just like a stepping stone to what I ultimately wanted. Yeah. I didn't realize I would excel. And it what drove me, though, was because like, I memorized a lot of the information, and my professor's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to be able to memorize it. And I was like, yes, I, I can. And he's like, no, uh-huh. you're not. And I was able to memorize everything, mm-hmm. because he told me I couldn't. Like, Don't tell me I can't do something. Because I'm going to prove it that I
0: can't. So so you're that type of personality. Which, by the way, when when I say that, it it should be noted that many of the people that are hugely successful in different areas of life have that type of... Some people even call it almost like a chip on the shoulder. It's like, you tell me I can't and I'll show you I will.
1: I will always rise to a challenge. Yeah. Like, if ever challenged, I will always... I may not tell you I'm taking on your challenge, Mm -hmm. but I'll... I'll take on the challenge
0: got it okay so so on this you mentioned something I'm picking up on a little something that you said even though you excelled in this very well you accepted the challenge and everything you did you tend to have the personality if you're gonna do something you're gonna do it all the way Okay? okay so in that you excelled in this area you had goals in this area but you mentioned it was probably more important to your family than it was to you is that correct
1: yeah my dad like I knew in sixth grade I wanted to be missionary, and my Mm -hmm. dad's like, "You're too smart. You're too smart to be missionary. Don't waste your time and your talent on that. You're too smart. Like you're gonna be a doctor." And I was like, "Okay." Like, and I always did everything my dad told me I was gonna do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And but I didn't necessarily want to be. Like I knew, like yeah, it's easy. Like math, science, that that all comes easy. Like I don't have the people struggle in school, and I never Uh struggled. Like it's not something I had to struggle with. and so my parents, like, it was really important to my dad to mm-hmm. become a doctor, to become, like, to get my degree in science. Like, he was not, it was like, well, I want to be a missionary. And he's like, you, like, get your degree first and we'll talk about it. Get it in okay. this, we'll, we'll talk about it. And so.
0: So was that almost, did <laughs> it seem almost like a, a, a veiled redirection to just say well once you get he's thinking once you get in it this deep and go this far obviously you're not going to waste that so you know then you're going to you're going to utilize it and you'll be off the track of this other thing that won't bring you that prosperity or success is that what you think and
1: I fell I fell in love with science like I Uh did I fell in love with lab I fell in love with like experiments and just uh, discovering the unknown, unknown, uh, and finding mm-hmm. answers and researching it. Like I applied to uh, for my PhD mm-hmm. uh, and got into George Washington University and got a partnership with the NIH and like that was like my dream. Okay. And like like it was professors were so proud. Like I had glowing letters of recommendation. Sure. Uh, and it was a real big deal. And then I was sitting in my like apartment on campus one day and i was like do you really want to do this for the rest of your life spending mm-hmm. all day in a lab talking really with no one and just experimenting on bacteria mm-hmm. on microorganisms like is that really what you thought you'd be doing when you grow up mm-hmm. at least as a doctor you would have people interaction sure like there's not even people like bacteria and this is right. a six year to eight year commitment. Is this really what you want to do?
0: Now, I, I would think that it, it, it's great that you asked the question and actually responded. We're thinking, you know, we talk about this on this podcast all the time, how many people possibly take a route and God uses that route? I'm sure that everything that you learned and all all the disciplines and everything that went into it, he's not wasted. That's kind of a theme in, in that we're seeing with everyone's life, no matter what they're in. But some people make the mistake, and, and I don't know if you were tempted here, to make the mistake of of almost feeling trapped. It's like, okay, I don't know that this is what I want to do, but I've already put all this effort and this time and, and all of that, and everyone's expecting me to do this. Everyone's so proud of me for getting here. It, it, was there that battle where it's like, Do I make the decision based on what I'm feeling or what everyone expects?
1: No, there wasn't. Uh, It was, I knew that I was not supposed to go.
0: Okay.
1: The hard part was sitting there, it was a Saturday, was having to realize I had to tell my dad. Uh Uh-huh. And it was just like... This is, like, I'm going to be such a disappointment. Like, he's going to be so upset. They're going to be so mad. Like, everybody, like, even my professors, like, once they found out, I turned down, like, my George, like, the Mm -hmm. entrance to George Washington. Like, it was this big deal. Like, the school has this award in the front of the building when you walk in. And it's, like, this this huge thing. And to simply be, like, that's not what I want out of my life. That's not what Mm -hmm. I want. And I didn't even know what I wanted at that time, but I knew I didn't want that. Okay. And the, the whole, all that went through my head was I'm saying no, but now how do I tell others that I'm choosing not to do that?
0: Right. So maybe you're listening to this podcast and possibly you're at that particular point in your life where you know, like Francine, that there's just, there was no doubt in her mind that that wasn't it for her, but possibly you're feeling trapped by having to feel that you have to give in to all the expectations of what everyone else is, is wanting you to do. Um, do you regret for a moment making the choices you made?
1: Not at all, not, okay. not at all. I, with the whole COVID thing coming out and I have friends who are in labs and stuff like that. And, I, and I, can, I understand the science behind it. And I'm still able to like talk about it except there's confidentiality reasons and stuff. I can't hear certain things. Right. Like I, I'm, I still get my free you know, American Chemical Society Journal of Biological Chemistry delivered to me. And uh I still like love it mm-hmm. and I understand it, but I don't at all like regret it. I don't right. I, I wonder like would I have been the one that was working on the vaccine? Would I have been the one like you know, like I was smarter than that person and I knew that person mm-hmm. worked on it. I could have <laughs> I would have done a much better job. So there's people
0: working on this stuff that so you actually know who they are. <laughs> I mean, this is in the field. So as people are, are thinking what level and what field were you looking at, and this is right in the news right now, I mean, that would have been you, probably oh. right in the midst of that.
1: Yeah. I would. always told people, like, don't get the Moderna one, because those people were stupid. Like, Pfizer, like, you know, <laughs> they agreed okay. to hire me out on my undergrad, so they actually know talent. But... Uh, but I have actually people who worked on other one, the Johnson Johnson. I won't Johnson. have to put a
0: disclaimer on this podcast. Now. <laughs> sorry, okay, no, it's sorry. Fine. But like, I just,
1: I simply was like, no, like I just, I know it. And, okay. Like, I look at like my peers, and I think, and they, you know, we go out and we get together sometimes, and they feel mm-hmm. bad for me.
0: They feel uh, bad for you. <laughs> what? Okay, so let's talk about what they're feeling bad about. Let Let's talk about it from um, just a career decision. Type of thing, not the heart, not the emotions, not any of the p- part you've already mentioned. What would your career look like at this point? What would your finances look like at this point?
1: You know, oh, they would be life? amazing. Like, so yeah. we go to dinner and we go to dinner at this really nice restaurant, uh-huh. and they're like, don't worry, friends, we'll cover you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have money. Like, I could pay for my. They're, you're, come on. Come on now. Like, mm-hmm. We know. I mean, my friends are doctors. My friends are pharmaceutical, you know, mm-hmm. farm reps. They're also like making. Dry, like making pharmaceuticals, Sure. Um, so they're all—they all have PhDs, PharmDs, um, mm-hmm.
0: Ds that most of us <laughs> don't even know what they mean, right? You know. Yep. Okay. So, so financially and, and, and lifestyle and all those type of things. No, probably, they all have
1: houses. Yeah. They have two or three kids. Yeah. They're they're living a very lucrative lifestyle. Okay.
0: Awesome. So, what ends up happening here is instead. You just know at that point, that's not what you want to do. Yep. And so God takes you in a totally different direction. Yeah. All right. A direction which I'm suspecting that if at that time, when you're, when you're sitting there and you're saying, I just know this is not what I'm going to do for the next 30 years. And if I would have walked in the room or someone else would have walked in the room at that point and said, well, let me tell you what you probably will be doing. In ten or fifteen years from now, or what, whatever amount of time it was, what would have been your response?
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, right.
0: There's been like no way. Yeah, right?
1: no. I would have laughed at you and <laughs> <laughs> been like, no, <laughs> no. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay, so so currently, for those of you who don't know, currently Francine, for instance, is does program directing at Victory Ranch Camp out in Moreno Valley, California does an excellent job with that, very creative programming, you name it, the kids love it. How long have you been doing that now?
1: I just completed my 18th year.
0: 18th year. Now, I am old enough to have basically been involved or aware of it for all of those 18 years, including before that, and I can tell you that the difference before it to where it is now, kids have gone more and more in the program has built up over the years, even despite what's happened the last year or two, Um, because of the quality of that programming and everything that's been put together. But that was probably something you never would have seen yourself doing. Never. Right. And then the other thing which you do, of course, is you're very involved in teaching at New Life Christian School, which is a small school, uh, doesn't even, it's not even able to pay what a normal teacher would get. And we're not just talking teaching one subject or one grade level. We're talking, you know, anywhere from kindergarten on up. And sometimes kindergarten part of the day, high school another part of the day, multiple grades, other parts of the day, sometimes all at once. And it takes a certain, I would say that God didn't waste your complex mind because it takes a a certain type of mind to even be able to handle the that type of multi-directional tasking at once wouldn't you say
1: oh absolutely 100 percent like and people are people wonder like how do you transition how do you know this student is struggling in this and 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 in this book right here and this student who you saw two days ago should be in another book and you know that they're behind Mm -hmm. and it's just like because my brain makes note of that like it just—I co- I can walk in and I can look at what's being worked on. And I can see the answers. And I can see what's right and wrong. And like, as I sit at the kindergarten table and they're taking it, and I was like, okay, she doesn't know this letter. She knows this. And mm-hmm. my brain just—it just catalogs it. It just takes it all in.
0: Right. which is very unique. I mean, obviously, everyone has a very powerful brain, but most of us don't know how to use it, um, you know, or at least not to that degree. And 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 you don't. I say this in a complimentary way. You don't think like the average person. There's, there's different ways that you're putting, you know, data and everything together that most of us just don't do. But I think the ironic thing about it is, which you've already mentioned, um, prior to this, prior to getting involved with camp, and even after getting involved with camp, if you were to be asked this, okay, and then as far as teaching kindergartners... I mean, there was a point where working with kids would have been probably on your list, underneath just about everything else. Wouldn't that have been true?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would say, I said, and I would use the word, you know, hate in the most nicest sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said I hated kids under the age of nine. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch them. I wouldn't like, I couldn't interact with them. I didn't know how to socialize with them. Mm-hmm. I didn't like when they would hug me, I'd be like, you're sucking my life out of me. Uh-huh. Uh, just, I couldn't,
0: no. Nope. Right. So this is where it comes in to, to God having an extreme sense of humor. Because I, I don't know how many of us have seen this in life. Maybe there's that person that you've seen and, and you don't know them yet. And you're thinking, oh, there's just some, I I don't like that person. Or there's something about him that I, that, that, that I just can't stand. And all of a sudden that person ends up being like a major person in your life. Uh, you know, like a, a real great friend or something like that. And it is, almost seems like God just has a sense of humor. And, and when I look at how gifted he's made you in the area of working with kids and children, knowing and being there when you used to say and think those things, it's it really shows that God just loves doing this.
1: Oh, you, yeah. in junior high, my English teacher said... Princeton, you're gonna be a teacher one day. And I was like, ah, no. That is Mm -hmm. the most stupidest thing I have ever heard. There is no way I'm going to school to go to school. Let alone, even if I ever became a teacher, I will never, ever, ever, ever be a teacher at a private school, ever. Because private schools don't need Christian teachers.
0: So for those of you who've heard never say never, here's a living example of that because that's exactly what ended up happening. It's almost as if God was hearing every word that you said and said, I'm going to take the, the same passion that you have to not do it and turn it into the passion that you will have for doing it. Does that kind of make sense?
1: Oh, 100%. It's very humbling going back to my English teacher and telling her she was right, Yeah. You know.
0: Right. All right, so after doing the ministry you're doing here, some teaching, actually at that point you were mostly focusing on upper grades in the early part of this, correct? Yeah. But even though you were very good at it, and I remember there were many what we would call at-risk students, students that ended up here because they weren't gonna make it anywhere else. This was the last stop, I mean, and, and if they didn't make it here, they were just gonna drop out and, and amount pretty much to nothing, right? Yeah. And, and so you had an impact in several of their lives, but then financial reality was hitting. I mean, you were part-time, uh, there wasn't an availability of funds to make it more than that at that particular point. And so, like so many, you needed to to do something. You needed to make a decision in order to survive. So you ended up with a position, uh, something that you thought you would do well, something you'd been involved with before. What was that? It was out of Cal State, Santa Bernardino? It
1: was. Uh, I was working for housing uh, as the area coordinator uh, for programming. Mm-hmm. And so I had done the programming in my undergrad, um, and did really well. Uh, in that, I was really good at it. It's kind of like what I base like my budget on for camp and stuff, and like that allowed me to really utilize uh, those skills and talents. Um, but no, I was. I mean, it was. It came with you know two bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. all food and utilities, all of that covered. Didn't have to worry about like where I'd live, what I'd eat, and then it also came with an amazing pay.
0: So, good pay, good living conditions, food provided, pretty decent situation, something that really wasn't that hard for you to do, right? Not at all. Okay. So, you could say that, I mean, although it wasn't living in the castle, you could say it was a pretty, you know, plush situation.
1: I didn't have to pay electricity, gas, any utilities.
0: Right. So, so, it's all good, right? And you were there for how long?
1: Six weeks.
0: Six weeks. Okay, so what we were just discussing now doesn't seem to add up for most people. It was the
1: most miserable six weeks I ever lived in my entire life. It was (laughs) like meetings upon meetings upon meetings upon meetings. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't let you start work until 10 o'clock. I'd get in trouble because I would go into the office at 7 Mm a.m. I may be a little more of a morning person. Uh And then I would get in trouble because I went in too early, but my brain stopped working at 3. So... Okay. Uh, and they wanted us to work till 6. And no, I just, I was absolutely miserable. I was alone. I couldn't mm-hmm. go any more than 15 minutes away from campus. Like, it was just.
0: So, and that ties right back into why you would have been miserable in the, in the chemistry field. Because you're just working with bacteria. And so, I guess y- you found out and figured out even more and more that you were probably more of a people person than you even expected.
1: Yeah, I well, yes. I mean, I I had meet with people, but mm-hmm. it was they were they were pointless meetings. They weren't something that brought me joy. It was just like, mm-hmm. who cares about finances? Who cares about this? Like that's not life changing. That's not life altering. That's not something that's gonna make a difference. Like it was just meeting for, for meetings' sake. It was just.
0: So you're touching on exactly what the theme of this podcast is with audacious faith, which is the belief that. Uh, we actually have the audacity to believe that God actually put us here to actually make a difference. To do something that actually has meaning. Not just going through the motions, fulfilling a position, doing something which is right what you were just touching on. But you had left here. It was a situation where it didn't work. Now you're in a better financial situation. Most people would say, hey, life is good. It, it may not be the most meaningful it may not be my dream job, but it's a job I'm provided for. Everything is good. And, and, and then what happens? Something changes. We had somebody here that, with the, part of the reason that we weren't able to pay you enough to survive is because there just wasn't enough funds to go around. We had somebody that had been here for at least seven, eight years. Suddenly, due to circumstances, life changes, you name it, um, steps out of the position at that particular point, and then... Right at
1: the end of, like, like one week before the end of my six-week...
0: Yeah, like,
1: trial period, up, yeah.
0: contract, right? So, even though that was unexpected, it's like God knew it all along. I, didn't, right? I knew
1: at the end of those six weeks I did not want to be their permanent hire. Like, I, mm-hmm. I knew going through their job interview that I did not want that job. Like, even mm-hmm. asked, why do you want this job? I just looked, was blankly like, I, I honestly... At this point, don't. Like, I, to be honest, I, I don't.
0: Well, and by the way, for those of you who are trying to land a job, that's probably not what you want to say. <laughs> don't say but, it. But there, there was honesty there. There was honesty. So it opened up, and then you, you end up coming back. Yeah. Right. Now, some people say that uh, you, you should never go back. Although, in this case, it wasn't really coming back the same way. It was a much more expanded role, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Before I felt like I was a glorified tutor, mm-hmm. but I still impacted lives. Like mm-hmm. it, and I think that's what still kept pulling on my heart was, like, I just remembered one of my students saying, like, I was like, Lewis, like, you, 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 you're you, getting A pluses and everything. And I look at your grades and you got all Fs, 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 Fs in math. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. And he said, I never had someone care about me doing as well as you do. Right. And that was such a defining, like, mm-hmm. I can't believe someone just said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kept playing over. And, like, you care. Right. You care. Um, like, just the resounding, like, you mm. care.
0: Yeah, and you, obviously, that still sticks with you. And that was probably at least how many years ago? It was 11. Yeah. You would know that just like that. <laughs> I'd be sitting there, oh, let me think, you know. so, But that's how, that's how Francine's mind works. So, hey, I have a question, which uh, I, I didn't, I mean, I prepped you on some of the direction that we would be going ahead of time, but but here's a question that is kind of relates pretty good to the modern day debate out there, all right You have a very organized mind, a complex mind, a scientific mind, in a sense, all right, where things follow order and things need to fit. Some people believe that faith and science don 't fit like that 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 uh, that to to have faith is is more of superstition and myth, and those who think intelligently have a scientific mind. You have both. So being a person that thinks orderly like that and scientifically, how does faith fit in? And for you, obviously, it makes sense, right?
1: So. Oh, 100%, <laughs> like, hands down. Like, there comes a point where, like, in science, things don't make sense. Um, but yet like in my head it's like it does God did it like mm-hmm. it, it the answer is God um, like even like when people talk about like the whole beginning and how earth came to being and, and the science doesn't support it and mm-hmm. and if you go back like your physicist because the math doesn't support it and how everything's going to chaos uh, it's saying oh everything went from chaos to order back to chaos and and mm-hmm. science doesn't support that and it's like you're wrong it does like my brain just sees like no it's so orderly it's so it it fits perfectly Mm -hmm. science like the parts that don't fit is because they're asking you to act on an an absurd faith like a faith that doesn't make sense they want you to believe something that has no like basis whereas like god makes sense it's Mm -hmm. it's logical like
0: so in other words if, I'm, if I'm, I'm not really a scientific mind, but if I'm th- thinking of this correctly, the complexity of things is so much that often it makes no sense if there wasn't a creator of that. Correct?
1: Oh, one, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember sitting in biochem class and the teacher going through this whole process of how our body takes in oxygen and exhales carbon dioxide. And mm-hmm. she spent two, three-hour lectures on this. Mm-hmm. And I raised my hand and I was like, and how long does this process take like, she's explaining. And she says, breathe in. I was like, she's like, breathe out. I was like, she's like, it just all happened. And I said, something that took you six hours to explain happened in less than, like, mm-hmm. seconds? And we're
0: supposed to believe somehow that it's just accidentally just yeah, out that and, way, and right? the,
1: the probability and the, like everything being right-handed and then left-handed sugars to bind with the right-handed amino acids, like the probability of that is like 1 times 10 to the 20th power and that anything over the 12th power is deemed impossible, yet mm-hmm. it's to the 20th power that it, you know, somehow happened. Like mathematically, it doesn't make sense. It takes more sense, more faith to believe in the impossible than God. Okay.
0: So, so you would tell a person then that, Basically, if you're just taking a word at these things that are so, I mean, the probability of winning the lottery almost looks like a sure thing in compared to some of these probabilities they're talking about, Oh yeah, about, it's like right? the whole United States is
1: covered six miles with Skittles and you finding the one yellow Skittle yeah. across the entire United States from 6,000 miles up in the air. Like,
0: yeah, exactly. So, so really, from your perspective, science and the data that we see seems to scream of the truth of God.
1: Yeah, but nobody understands the numbers and mm-hmm. it's just like a really big number to people. And I'm like, but mathematically, like...
0: It makes sense to you. So we'll, <laughs> we'll take it from there. Let, let's switch gears a little bit. So in addition to all the journey that God has, has taken you, um, he also shifted you in the area of health and fitness as well. That became something that's like a passion for you yes. also, right? Now, one thing about Francine uh, that I've known through the years is that Francine has a quality that some people would say is unusual, but it actually serves her very well. And it serves a lot of people well. And that is that when she focuses on something, it becomes a very strong focus on it, um, and which is really the way that we should be. That's That's how people actually accomplish something. It's not just a fleeting thought, but it's something that they actually, almost to the point of... Some people would say almost obsess on something, right? So you ended up in, in an area where was not a previous passion for you, oh, yeah. which was health and fitness. So where, where did you find yourself before and then say to now? I mean, maybe give a little background of that.
1: Well, I used to go to the gym to work out only because I was socializing. Like, okay. it was my social activity. Like, I mm-hmm. like people, but I'd be on the elliptical or on the treadmill, and I'd be talking to the person next to me, like, oh, what brings you here? Like, it was all about relationships. I didn't have any desire to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really, really, really heavy, um, like, really big. Um, mm-hmm. And I – like, it was all about socializing for me, and so – I started doing JamFit because it was fun, okay. and I would there was people there, and I got to talk to them, I got to build relationships, mm-hmm. uh, and I got to see their need for Christ, and right. I was just like, oh, this is a cool, great ministry opportunity, like, this is amazing, like, I get to go, I get to talk, and, mm-hmm. like, not that I, you know, was like, oh, well, I love exercising, it was just the fact that, like, I'd be moving and talking to the person next to me, mm-hmm. and that was...
0: That was really it. So it's mostly just for social purposes, even Pure, at that point.
1: Purely social purposes.
0: Okay. So you're, you're mentioning because, I mean, you've had a weight loss journey that, I mean, is, is very significant at this point. You've, um, you're able to do things physically that you hadn't been able to do in a very long time, right? And you're still in that journey currently. Uh-huh. Um, what's been the length of the journey up to this point, approximately?
1: I, 2007, June of 2017 was when I first started. Mm -hmm. And then, like I was challenged. Someone was like, just give me, uh, give me, give me a hundred pounds. See what life would be like, you know, a hundred pounds later. And if you don't like it, I'll help you gain it back. Like I had excuses, like I didn't want to buy new clothes. Like the fat fills out my face. And if I lost it, then I would get wrinkly and I'll look old. Um, I had like every excuse like as to why, but it right. was a challenge. So we go back to the beginning and I, I won't tell you I'm taking on your challenge, mm-hmm. but I'll take it on. I don't tell you because I don't want to fail. Um, and I'll do everything to like not fail.
0: So hundred pounds for anybody, it's not going to be overnight. I mean, obviously you, t- if you lose hundred pounds in a month, you're sick at that point. I mean, it just doesn't happen unless something is terribly wrong, right? So obviously, this is something that couldn't be just a fleeting, I'm going to try it for a couple of weeks. I'll come over this. I mean, it took something that would require a strong decision, right? So when you took up that challenge, even though you didn't necessarily announce it, do you remember making a strong decision that even if I'm going to gain it all back, I'm going to lose these 100 pounds?
1: It, well, I, I knew definitively that I was going to try. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to notice. I, I just was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to do it.
0: So out of curiosity, you said, I wasn't going to tell anybody. And you said that before as well. That's the to be... You're determined to do it, but you don't tell anyone. Is there a reason for why you don't publicly declare it?
1: I don't like to fail. So to me, if I would have said, like, I'm going to do it, and then I didn't do it, then -hmm. people would know that I failed. You didn't do it.
0: Okay. So some people need that public accountability. That's not necessarily important to you.
1: No.
0: You're able to just hold yourself to a...
1: Yeah, because, like, I... I'm a person that if I say I'm gonna do something, like I always say, I don't need a promise. Like if you say you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, don't promise me that you're gonna do it. Just say you're gonna do it. Okay. Be a person of your word. And so in my head, I had told myself, I'm going to do it. Um, and I didn't tell anybody else at all. I didn't even tell the person who made me the challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people started to notice, you know, 30 pounds in, 50 pounds in like hey you're losing weight and i would freeze right. like i stopped and i just like stood there and i didn't know how to respond because i mm-hmm. didn't want people to notice
0: interesting so again take this in a good way you're the opposite of most people all right because most people that are listening to this podcast right now they need to be publicly held accountable to do something or they won't do it okay because what most people don't have is exactly what apparently you do have and that's integrity to yourself okay it was important that you kept your word to yourself where most people will they don't care about keeping their word to themselves it's just if if they're held accountable to someone else so uh... and, and they'll want people to see the recognition and and that it's actually happening and all that kind of thing where You're saying that at first when people are noticing, it almost was like, please don't
1: notice. Oh, yeah. I remember someone (laughs) saying, like, the person who had made the challenge, like, yeah, just keep going. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Because Mm -hmm. they knew that it would stop me, like, from moving forward. I would just freeze. I I didn't know how.
0: So so why do you... I I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot too much. But have you ever thought about why you didn't want people to notice? Why... You didn't want that accountability.
1: I didn't do it. I, I honestly didn't do it to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like I started like making that decision, and, and I think what clicked was why I wanted to lose hundred pounds is because I watched my dad die a slow and painful death from diabetes, and I didn't want that life. Okay. I knew that's the life, and that's not the death I wanted. Like I wasn't content dying. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to die slow. And that's what you live through right <laughs> yeah like, okay and so like that's what overall was my motivation yeah the hundred pounds was what you know mm-hmm. started me there i mean i was on seven medications i was mm-hmm. you know like couldn't sit up i couldn't you know get out of bed i had to roll out of bed
0: okay uh, so there were things that like for instance you're doing now um things that a lot of people would not necessarily think are a big deal. Like recently at at, uh, Victory Ranch, you were taking a horse ride, things like that. These are things you were not doing.
1: I couldn't couldn't physically do Mm -hmm. because I exceeded the weight limit. I couldn't, I, yeah, no, I, there were things I couldn't physically do. Okay.
0: So the motivating factor was the challenge of challenging yourself and keeping your word. And then it did kick in about, the thought of the health consequences because you were already having a lot of those health situations, but you were younger and able to, to withstand it at this Mm -hmm. point. Right. Okay. So for instance, how many medications do you take now? Zero. All right. Um, how many high levels do you have now?
1: Zero. Zero. I have perfect, like it's all my blood work, my blood panels, amazing my doctor said like your triglyceride your panel your cholesterol panels like impeccable whatever you're doing bottle it and sell it because there you go like that is amazing
0: so people i'm sure because this is a big thing that a lot of people are concerned about their health exercise they're into fitness maybe they're doing stuff and it isn't working they're not getting the results they start they stop um maybe one or two things that have just been key for you
1: uh I didn't do anything drastic. Like, I remember starting with a plate of food and just taking two spoonfuls off my plate. Like, I didn't change what I was eating at the time. Mm-hmm. I just took two spoonfuls off. And did that keep me from going back from seconds? No. I still went back for seconds, but I still take off those two spoonfuls the second time. Got it. Like, okay. that was it. That's, I started. I didn't change anything drastic. And then I started tracking what I was eating because... I noticed when I was vegan for a year, I didn't get migraines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew there was something that was either in meat or in the dairy that gave me migraines okay. and then I started like tracking everything I ate so I'd learn what it was and how my body reacted and responded to things.
0: Got it. Okay, so it, so migraines obviously are debilitating for people that have those. So it was much better Better quality of life to not be, I mean, how often were you getting them?
1: Daily migraines. Like there was not a day I did not have a migraine and I was taking two Excedrin migraines, Three ibuprofen every four hours, four to six hours,
0: which is a liver nightmare if you're. No, because with... one's
1: metabolized in the kidney and the other's metabolized in the. And only you liver. would know
0: that. Okay, but you get a
1: synergistic effect when you take the two. But
0: exactly. Okay. Well, some people are at home, are now we're going to mix them up together. But again, another disclaimer. Um, <laughs> but 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 here's the thing. So so now life is different. You're not taking those.
1: No, not at all.
0: Okay, you're not taking the. Diabetes medication, the different medications you were taking. There's a point where it shifted, I'm assuming, from... I'm doing this because I told myself I was going to do it. To where you actually enjoy doing it?
1: Oh, I love... I love... I love what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say, like, if you don't love it, you're not going to keep doing it. Right. Uh, I love the food I make. Like, I cook my own food. I have to change it up because I can't do the same boring you know chicken vegetables, like I can't like, right I have to do something different uh I love the exercise plan or mm-hmm. program that I'm in, like it's fun and engaging and right I get to interact with people still so
0: exactly so so now putting that into perspective, we're gonna tie everything together that we've talked about in this interview, all right, so you're going towards. You wanna be a missionary, you're dissuaded against that. You end up being in chemistry, biochemistry, organic chemistry, you get to the top of the field. You're basically almost like Martin Luther King saying you're at the mountaintop and you can see it, okay? And you realize, I don't want it, okay? This is not not what I wanna do, all right? Because no purpose as far as you, you wanted the interaction, you wanted the human interaction, you wanted all of that. You end up in teaching, you end up in camp ministry, you end up in in this, it gets taken away, you go out to Cal um, San Bernardino again, just not getting the purpose, not enough interaction, you name it. So you're back in this, now you're doing this, which is great for you, you're healthier, you feel better, but I've sensed, from what I've seen, I've sensed where, again, it's now taking a greater purpose. It's almost as if um, there's a reason that you've gone through it to be able to inspire others, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. 100, it's, it's opened up uh, a platform mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have ever had. Um, and the fact that I continue on this journey, because, I've lost the hundred pounds. I've lost more than 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just keep, and I tore my lateral medial meniscuses on one knee and on the other. Uh-huh. Uh, and so like, yet it didn't slow me down. Um, mm-hmm. Or say so, like, oh, I gotta give up or I can't do this anymore. But just like, I absolutely love the people and the mm-hmm. purpose that, I Like when I post something, people comment and people ask mm-hmm. questions, and it, it gives me the opportunity to share uh, just the journey uh, and, and who I am and the faith that I have with people I would have never right. even had that opportunity to.
0: So God opens up possibilities to all of these various aspects of your life of what he's done. And, and you should take note if you're out there, because Francine just mentioned something, you know, she, she tears, what was it again?
1: My lateral and medial meniscus. And
0: so we're talking both. Both, yeah. In, in both, right? And a lot of people will go, oh, it's a sign. Okay, I'm done, you know. I mean, I'm not going to fight through the, the, the pain and, and continue to possibly do, you, you know. It doesn't take much to dissuade people off. Here, here's a curious question that comes to my mind. Let's say that you went to bed tonight, and I know this is crazy, but let's say you woke up, You woke up tomorrow and you were a hundred and something pounds heavier and you realized this was all something you dreamt of, but you knew the process and the journey of how to do it, but now you're set back a hundred and something pounds, but you know what you got to do. Would you do it?
1: Absolutely. I, I have enjoyed this entire journey the entire time. Like mm-hmm. I am like, wow, I've never been this way before. Like every, every time I go less, it's like, I mean, like I may have saw it pass. I never even saw it on the scale. The scale at my house only went up to 230 pounds. And mm-hmm. so once I passed 230, like I never saw anything on the scale ever. Um, and I've loved the process. Like I've never felt like this is work. This is, this is difficult. This it, it's, it's, like, fun. It's it's enjoyable. It's, like, oh, I can put my shoe on without, like, I can bring my foot up to my thing. Like, all these yeah. things that I can do that I've never been able to do before. Sure. Or, like, to, like, I can't even, it's it's incredible uh, just what I, I, like, the joy that it gives me. So, yeah, being set back 100 pounds, it's, like, okay, like, I enjoyed the process right. the entire time. So...
0: And knowing the process, you now know the code. You now know you could do it. If you, you, you know how to do it. I, isn't it true that once somebody learns how to do something that they've never been able to do, they should be able to do it again and hopefully repeat it in others if they can teach them how to take the same steps, yeah. right? Okay. So what would you say, let's sum up, because I, I, we're going to start wrapping up, but are there a couple of lessons through your life so far at this point that really stand out to you? then that you just wanna maybe share with others?
1: Um, well, my life verse is Acts twenty twenty four, 24, uh, which talks about how my life means nothing. It's all about testifying to the gospel of Christ. Okay. And I wouldn't necessarily, being in a lab, would I be able to have done that? That became my life verse at 18. Mm-hmm. And would I have been able to do that? You know, maybe on weekends, right. but would I've had people to interact with, um, but here on the daily, in, in the lives of my kindergartners and their parents, and the lives of, of the students, not just kindergarten because I teach more grades than just that, but to impact their lives and to have those conversations and, and to build those relationships and to see that I'm not just impacting one person, but I'm impacting an entire family. Mm-hmm. And, and the life that I live and the Christian faith that I have and the walk uh, and the characteristics that I model and I demonstrate to my students. Um, I, at graduation speeches and at, at, at different times and as students write letters and they talk about mm-hmm. the most influential person in their life and, and mm-hmm. when they choose me, it's like, God, I'm that missionary I wanted to be in sure. sixth grade. Right. Like, I'm living the life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not what I, it was gonna be mm-hmm. but it's more yeah. than I could have ever dreamt right it would be and financially doesn't ma- does it all match up and do it but I'm never without want like all my needs have always been met like mm-hmm. I I am blessed beyond measure
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's incredible because I could have never sure never dreamt it right. never planned it
0: hmm absolutely so so there, there's a, a perfect example of how God heard your prayer back then and took you what some people would think is, well, this doesn't seem to make sense. This doesn't seem to make sense. But, but he could see that, and, and we're not at the end of the maze yet. Obviously, there's more twists and turns and directions. But God has an aerial view that we can't see as we're navigating through the twists and turns in the walls, right? So uh, he sees the destinations. And I'm sure there's much, much more. So, So let's finish with this. There's a person out there that's going to be listening to this either now or in the future. It's going to be up there for a long time. And God is going to be giving them opportunity to take a step of faith. And maybe there's going to be family or friends or different people that are saying, no, wait a minute, that's not what don't just follow your heart, that doesn't make sense. What would you want to tell them at this point?
1: I would say, follow God. Um, don't ever go against what God has designed for you. Um, it is beyond rewarding uh, to do what he has planned for you. It's his perfect plan. And it's more than you could ever dream or you could even fathom, or. It's beyond the limits your brain can even comprehend. It's out of this world, literally.
0: Awesome. Well, I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed this conversation. Even though I knew you pretty well, I learned much more, and I'm sure that it's been an inspiration to people that are listening today. We encourage you to take the audacious steps of faith, because in so doing, God will take you places beyond what you could even imagine that's it for this episode and we'll see you next time god bless